Thank you for directing your internet connection to this sermon audio page for Christ Orthodox Presbyterian Church. You can learn more about Christ OPC by visiting our website at www.christopcatl.org. Christ OPC meets for worship each Sunday at 11 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. Turn your Bibles together with me to John chapter 1. I'm going to read beginning from verse 43 and 50. John chapter 1, beginning from verse 43 to 50. This is God's word for God's people. The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under, under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, Because I say to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, You will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Amen. As most of you would remember, there are two kinds of call in the scripture. The first one is the general call. And that is when the gospel is presented to all peoples, to all nations. The Great Commission is a good example and foundation for us. That's a general call where everyone would hear the message of the gospel from the mouth of a preacher. But then we have the effectual call of the gospel, a special call which comes from God the Father through the power work, the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is limited to the, to the beginning of the application of redemption to the soul of a sinner. This powerful call starts the process of salvation. You remember what Jesus said in John 5, 25, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming, is now here, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. That is the, spo- the special call, the effectual call of the gospel, where dead sinners would hear the 
the message of the gospel and leave. But do you also know that before anyone becomes the partaker of this effectual call to salvation, this God's sovereign drawing of a sinner to salvation, Jesus first has to find the sinner who must hear the call of the gospel and be saved. To put it in another way, in the call of Jesus for salvation, there is first the move, the action of Jesus to find the sinner in his or her spiritual deadness. The sinner is dead and Christ has to find that sinner and call that sinner effectually for that sinner to respond to the message of the gospel and live, have new spiritual life. And that's exactly what we see in our text tonight. Our Lord Jesus Christ finding Philip and calling him to salvation. Beloved, this is the important life lesson that we learn from our text tonight. And keep this in mind. Jesus is the one who finds lost sinners. He's the one who sees the heart, every heart, and he's the one who mediates between God and sinners. So he finds the sinner, he calls the sinner, for the sinner to follow him, he sees the heart of the sinner. He knows, he knows everything about the sinner that he calls and he, medi mediate, he mediates between God and sinners. And I want us to unfold this under three points from our text this morning. In the call of Jesus for salvation, my friends, you have Jesus finding those who will follow him. And you will see that in verses 43 and 44. And in the call of Jesus of sinners for salvation, you will see that Christ sees every heart. Verse 45 to 48. And then you will see Jesus mediates between God and sinners. Verses 49 and 50. So first consider with me Jesus finding those who will follow him. In our text, we read this. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. I hope you still remember your study of the Gospel of John. And you would remember where we are in the Gospel of John at this time. John the Baptist passes on the torch of the work of God's kingdom to Jesus. You remember he told his disciples, this is the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. In a sense, John was telling them, my ministry has come to an end. Now it is time for you to go to him, to go to Jesus and follow him. I have been declaring to you who Jesus is. He is the eternal word. He is the eternal word who became flesh. 
He's the Lamb of God who will take the sins of the world. He will take the sins of the world away, the sins of the world. So now follow him. So they followed him. You remember uh, his two disciples uh, left him to follow Jesus. One of them was Andrew, and he brings his brother Peter to Jesus. Just to, to, to refresh your mind, because it's very important. One of the greatest contributions of Andrew to the church of Jesus Christ was bringing Peter to the church, bringing Peter to Christ. But then what happened? Then Jesus began the business of seeking and saving the lost. Notice verse 43. And the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. Why? To find Philip. Because our text tells us he decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. The first thing I want you to notice here is the scripture doesn't say Philip found Jesus. The scripture says Jesus found Philip. It was Jesus who took the initiative to go to Galilee and find this sinner by the name Philip. Jesus met many Israelites in his ministry here on earth. He met many people. He passed by many people. But he found Philip in a special way. He had a special purpose for finding Philip. And what was the purpose? To call him in order to follow him. Jesus said to him, Philip, he called him by name, and then he said to him, follow me. That was Jesus' effectual call through the power of his own word. You see, in, Je in Jesus' time, people would go to the rabbi, to the rabbis in Israel, and apply to the rabbi, basically asking the rabbi to take them on as one of their disciples. So, so the rabbis in Israel, they don't go to anyone to, to recruit students, but students come to them. Now Jesus is turning this around and he's finding a disciple. He's finding Philip for the purpose of salvation, for Philip to follow him through this effectual calling of the gospel. Isn't that amazing? Jesus taking the step, taking the first initiative to find sinners, to call him, to follow him. The Apostle Paul gives us a wonderful description of this in Galatians 3.23. Now, before faith came, Paul said, we were held captive under the law. We were dead in our sins and transgressions. We were under the condemnation of God's law. Until the coming faith would be revealed. You see, Jesus coming to you means faith coming to you as a gift. When Jesus came to us, that's how he found us. He came to us, but he came to us with the gift of faith. He gave us faith as a gift. 
Isn't that what Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2? It is a gift from God. It is not our own doing. It's a gift from God so that no one would boast about finding God, about finding Jesus for salvation. He found us. He, Philip, heard this call from Jesus. And who was Jesus? The writer of the Gospel of John. John, in chapter 1, tells us, Jesus was the one through whom everything was created. In him was life, both physical life and spiritual life. He was God. He was the creator. And this creator, the son of God, through whom all things were created now, is calling Philip. Listen, if he caused everything that exists to come to existence by the power of his word, he has the power and the ability to call the dead sinner to come to life. He is the creator. Both physical life and spiritual life comes from him. And that's what he did with Philip. Philip, follow me. It might sound a simple call, but it was an effectual call through the power of the Holy Spirit. It was Van Til who once said, and I quote, preaching the gospel, calling someone to follow Jesus is like calling the dead to rise up from the dead. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And Jesus, the creator, the son of God, was calling Philip to come to life, to follow him, because in him was life. And that's how Jesus found Philip, the sinner, and that's how Jesus found us. Jesus said in John 15, 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you, that you should bear fruit, and your fruit should abide. I chose you. You didn't choose me. You didn't come to me. You didn't find me. I found you. I came to you where you were. I came to you in your um, lost condition of sin and spiritual death. I came to you. I found you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Yes, we chose Jesus, but he first chose us. He first found us. And who was this Philip whom Jesus found? Our text tells us that Philip was from Bethsaida. And what do you know about Bethsaida? Bethsaida was one of the seats in Israel upon which the wrath and the anger of God was hanging. It was the city that was condemned by God. Many sinners lived in that city. They rejected the Messiah. In Matthew eleven twenty one, 21, Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago. In sackcloth and ashes. This was concerning Bethsaida from where Philip comes. But I tell you, Jesus said, it would be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you, Bethsaida. You see, Philip comes from this city. 
And what does that show you? The wonder of God's grace and mercy. Jesus is sa saving a lost and dead sinner from Bethsaida. And that's the beauty of God's grace. That's the beauty of God's salvation and saving grace. A man from Bethsaida. The city that was condemned by God was saved. Beloved Philip comes from this city. He belonged to this city and yet Jesus found him. Jesus speaking about his own ministry and mission in the world. He said in Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Wherever the lost is. Wherever the lost is. Jesus will come and find the elect. His own people. And we all remember that famous gospel song that we love and sing. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. It was a sound, but it was a sweet sound. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. A wretch like me. Someone who was dead in his sins and transgressions. Someone who was unable to save himself. Someone who was unable to reconcile himself with God. Dead sinner. Wretched like me. I once was lost, the singer said, but now I am found. Now I'm found. Jesus found me. Jesus found me in my desperate and lost condition. Then notice what followed in verse 45. Philip goes to his brother and tells him about Jesus. You know, every time you think about that time during which Jesus found you, everything you think about it, everything you think about that, that day and time where you embraced the gospel, where you experienced God's mercy in your life, do you think of a brother or sister, a sibling who doesn't know Christ? Do you think about anyone in your family and do you say to yourself, like Philip, I must go to my brother, my sister. It doesn't matter what they're going to say to me, but I must tell them about Jesus. I must bring them to Jesus. You might, you might not have all the theological answers that they, they are going to ask you. You can always say to them, like, 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 uh, like Philip, you can always say to them, come and see. I found him. I found him because he found me. But come and see. But how many of us even think about going to our siblings who are in darkness, who are outside of Christ, and tell them about Jesus? Tell them about Jesus. That's what Philip did. He went to, to Nathanael and he told him about Jesus. About Jesus. You see, salvation entails three elements in it. Uh, that is, you believe, you follow, and you share. Sharing is part of our salvation. Part of the salvation blessing that we have received in our life. It's precious. It's wonderful. It's amazing. It is to be shared. It is not something for us to keep it for ourselves. 
You know, people in the world would tell us, keep your religion for yourself. No, we should tell them, that's not something that I have received in order to keep it for myself. It is to be shared. It is to be shared. Philip goes to Nathanael and he said to him, we have found, we have found Jesus, we have found the, the Messiah. We have found him. Wait a minute. Some of you, maybe you are saying, but was that true? Because Jesus found him. He didn't find him. I believe Nathanael, Philip was telling this to Nathanael on the base of Jesus finding him. Yes, he found him, but first Jesus found him. In Ezekiel 34, 11, we have this prophecy about salvation, about redemption. God said to the people of Israel, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will uh, search for my sheep and will seek them out as the shepherd seeks out his flock. I will seek and find my sheep. Jesus said, in order to find one ship, I will leave the 99 behind. That much Jesus loves his ship. We have found who? We have found the Christ, the Messiah, about whom Moses and Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. I'm sure, I'm sure that Philip was thinking about Deuteronomy 18.15, where God told the people of Israel, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you should listen or you shall listen. That was God the Father who told the people when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. The Father from heaven said, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Everyone should listen to this Messiah, to this Christ, the Son of God. So Moses in the law spoke and wrote about Jesus and the prophets. Where do we go to find out what the prophets said about, about Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. Specific prophecy. The son is given. Jesus was given to us by the Father. He was born from the Virgin, of, from the Virgin Mary, but he was a gift from the Father. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. We found this Messiah. We found this Christ about whom the Torah, the book of Moses, the law speaks. And about whom the prophet speaks. It's fulfilled. He's here. We found him. We found him. How many of you take people to the Old Testament? And you tell them, this is what I mean. You see, he's here. And now you see him here. It's fulfilled. It is Jesus, the Son of God. Secondly, he sees every heart. 
He sees every heart. Philip told Nathanael, we have found the Christ, the Messiah. The son of Joseph, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, you know, Nathanael knows where Nazareth was, how Nazareth was viewed by people in Israel. It was a very insignificant city, despised it. That's why Nathanael said, can anything good come out from Nazareth? If uh, this was today, Nathanael was saying to Philip, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Nazareth? There was a time before I took the pastorate at Redeemer. There was a time that I was asked to visit one of our churches in New York where Belshishko was a pastor. And I was invited to bring my wife and my children. We were new to, my, my family were new to America. And as I was talking with the elders, we had a meeting with the elders, the deacons of the church took my wife and my children downtown New York. My wife saw every kind of wickedness and sin that you can imagine in downtown New York. And then it was, it was evening and we were talking about our day, our time, and I, I told her how much I enjoyed my time with the elders and my wife looked at me and she said, I'm not raising my children in New York. Just like that. It was as if she was saying, can anything good come out from this city? Uh, but it was amazing as I preached on Sunday. And a young man came to me and I asked him, because I was impressed with how much, how much scripture he knew and how much he loved Jesus and asked him, so how did he come to faith? And he goes and he said to me, well, actually, I heard the gospel in downtown New York. That gave me the perspective of, of what I'm addressing to you tonight. We're talking about the grace of God, the saving grace of God. What is downtown New York for God? What is Babylon for God? He's able to save. Yes, good things can, out, can come out from Nazareth because salvation is not about in which place you live. It is about the grace of God, the power of God, and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. But you see, Nathanael spoke his mind. Jesus looked at him when he was coming to him and he said, Behold an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Do you know what Jesus was saying? He's wrong about the way of salvation. He's wrong about how God draws sinners to himself. But he's been honest. He's been himself. I have been proclaiming the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus was saying. I've been proclaiming the people of God to all these Israelites. 
And they claim to be religious people. They claim to love God, but they don't love God. They reject his son. There is deceit in the hearts of this man. But this man is an honest man. He spoke what he had in his mind. And Nathanael said to Jesus, how do you know? How do you know? Nathanael, before Philip brought you to me, I saw you under the fig tree. And Nathanael confessed that great confession saying, you are, Rabbi, you are the Christ, the Son of God, the King of Israel. And Jesus said to him, now you believe because I told you who you are. Because I told you what is in your heart. Because I showed you my omniscience. Now we say, I am the Christ, the Son of God, the King of Israel. And Jesus said to him, you will see greater things, Nathanael. Yes, I see the heart. I know the heart. But you will also see that I am the mediator between God and sinners. You will see the heavens being opened. And you will see the angels. Ascending and descending. And our brother Will read that scripture for us from Genesis 28. Jacob's dream. Remember the ladder was standing between the earth and heaven. And the angels were ascending and descending. And the Lord, the Son of God, Jesus, was sitting on the top. And the message for Jacob and all of us was, this Messiah, this Son of God, is the connecting point between earth and heaven, between God and sinners. And through his death and resurrection, sinners will be reconciled with God. He will mediate between God and sinners. He will establish peace between his father and sinners. Nathanael, you will see greater things. You will see that I am the Messiah. I am the mediator between God and sinners. You will see the glory of the Son of God. And the work of Christ on behalf of sinners. In Hebrews 8, 6, the writer of the Hebrews tells us, But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old. As the covenant, he mediates, he, media, he, he mediates, his mediate is better since it is enacted on better promises. Because all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Jesus came for a better covenant. Covenant of grace. He is our mediator. He stands between God the Father and his people. He speaks on our behalf. He intercedes for us even now as we worship God. As we hear the word of God, Jesus 
is in heaven interceding for us. And he lives, the Bible says, to intercede for us forever. Unceasing ministry of intercession by this mediator who died for us on the cross. That's what Jesus was telling Nathanael. You will see greater things. You see, Jesus was telling Nathanael, I don't want, I don't want you to live your life only knowing my omniscience. I want you to know me in a very personal way. I want you to see that I am the mediator. 1 Timothy 2.5 For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. I want you to know this. I want you to see the glory of the Son of God. Beloved, isn't it amazing, you know, in the Gospel of John, you go to chapter 1, and John, over and over again, he proclaims to people who Jesus is, the eternal word, the word who became flesh, the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. And all those declarations were verbal. And then you start chapter 2, and you come to that wedding in Cana of Galilee. And what do you see? What do you see there? Everything that they heard in chapter 1, they saw it in a physical miracle. Jesus changing the water into wine. And his disciples believed in him as the son of God. As the son of God. The call of the gospel. That effectual call that we have experienced in our life. It came to us through the calling of Jesus, the Lord of creation, the Lord of creation. As he changed the water into wine, he transformed our life once for all. We saw the light and we saw greater things in Christ Jesus, our mediator. Amen. Let's pray. A gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We love your word. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, our mediator. Thank you for what he has accomplished for us on the cross and the way he reconciled us with you. And now we ask you, Lord, to make us faithful disciples of your son, Jesus Christ. Not only to believe, not only to follow, but also to share. Make us sharers of Christ, starting with our own family members. Give us that ability to bring many to you, to bring many to you, saying to them, come and see, come and see. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.